fantastic. So glad that you're here today as we wrap up Bold. Uh, today is Commitment Sunday, and I just got to be honest with you, you guys are so amazingly brave just to even show up today. So I just want to say thank you so much. If you're watching online, thank you so very much. I know when we say the word Commitment Sunday in the C word, it's a little scary. Because uh, all of us are afraid of commitment, especially guys. Any girls want to say agree to that? Anyone? All right, anyway. Um, but uh, again, I, I just think you guys are so brave because so many times we're at that juncture as a church um, where we know that we're on the cusp of God doing some amazing things because he's done some amazing things in our past and he continues to do that. And I'm just so amazingly just excited. Um, and, and some of you are thinking, Chris, is today going to be weird I sure hope not, all right, um, because I want it to be inspiring. Uh, I want us to leave today uh, just inspired about what God has done in your life and in my life through our sacrifice. So uh, today we're going to be at one of my favorite uh, passages of Scripture in the Bible. We're going to be in Romans chapter 3, and then we're going to jump to Acts chapter 4. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and go ahead and start turning to Romans chapter 3. And as you go there, I just kind of want to just be able to uh, just talk about our big idea today. Because our big idea today is, in, for, again, for some of you who normally don't go to church, and church isn't your thing, I'm so glad you're here today. Because the reason why we are doing bold and the reason why we're sacrificing is really because of you. And especially for the people who aren't in this room. Uh, we believe that Jesus loves everyone, not just church people. And we want to continue to create churches where unchurched people love to attend. 88% of people in Clarksville, Montgomery County don't go to church anywhere. And uh, some of you, that's been your story. You would say, Chris, I would be the person who uh, who kind of fell away from God, fell away from church. Maybe it was in, during high school. Maybe you had a bad church experience. Maybe you've just never, ever been to church before, but you were able to come and connect. And God captured your heart and got a hold of your life. And your life has not been the same since. So I'm so glad you're here today. Because uh, here's the thing, and this is where our, kind of our big idea today. I think all of us, if you think about it, we want to live an inspiring life. Right? I mean, none of us want to get to the end of our days and on our deathbed and say, you know what? I really am glad I lived a very uninspiring life. None of us want that. We want our lives to make a difference because we've seen other people's lives make a difference in our life, right? In fact, some of you, when you think about somebody who's inspired you, kind of think through that just right now. Somebody who's inspired you. It may have been a teacher that believed in you when no one else did. It may have been a coach. It may have been, uh, you may have come from a single, uh, a family with a single mom who had to work two jobs just to make ends meet, but she did that, and when you look at her life, you go, man, she inspires me, but maybe you don't know why you're inspired. In fact, here's what I want you, I, want you, I just want to take about 20 seconds, and I want you to turn to the person next to you, you may have to go across the aisle, but I want you to turn to the person next to you, and I want you to tell them a name of a person who's inspired your life and the reason why. So go ahead and do that now.
Oh, you said a teacher. Let me see your hands. Anyone? English teacher? Okay, all right. Um, maybe it was a, a parent. Who said a parent? Anyone? Very good, very good. You see, there's people that God has brought in our lives that inspire us. There's stories that inspire us. And when we hear those stories, we just sit back and go, oh, that's amazing. So today, I want to drill deep into that. What type of story do you want to live? And when we look at other people's stories, how does how, how come that story inspires us and that one doesn't? So let me just kind of give you a story I wanted to share with you. And it's about the largest yacht that has ever been built in the world. There's going to be some video on this. Um, about three years ago, the biggest yacht ever built by man, it was called the Eclipse. And it was nicknamed the Eclipse. It was nicknamed the $1.5 billion super yacht. All right? It could accommodate 70 guests and 36 cabins. 36 cabins on this yacht, right? And, and the yacht is 530 feet long. It's owned by this Russian billionaire, Roman Abramovich. And uh, it's so cool. This yacht has a private submarine. So if you're hanging out on this yacht, you get a little bored, and if you want to be bold, you can go on the private submarine. Let me tell you a little bit more. This yacht has 70 crew. There's two swimming pools, one that is 50 feet long, and the other swimming pool has an adjustable bottom. So if you want to make it, you know, two feet for your kids or 15 feet for you, you can. And if you drain the water... The, 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 it comes, actually raises up and it becomes a dance floor. That's a little weird, right? I mean, get this. There are three helicopter pads on this yacht. Just in case you wanted to bring your chopper and your kids wanted to bring their choppers too, right? I mean, it used to be the biggest yacht in the world. And I say used to be because the president of the United Arab Emirates recently built a bigger one than the following year. And right now, this Russian billionaire, uh, Roman uh, Abramovich, is building an even bigger one to eclipse the UAE guy's yacht. And eventually, I mean, I guess this is what billionaires do. They try to out-compete with how big yachts are. Now, quick question. That story, does that inspire anyone? Does that make you want to sacrifice and do something amazing? I don't know if it's... I can tell you, for me, it doesn't. Because there's something about that that I just kind of chafe at. That, that story doesn't uh, pull on my heartstrings or make me tear up. And let me tell you the reason why. It's our big idea today. Our big idea simply says this. There are no inspiring stories of accumulation. Only inspiring stories of sacrifice. You see, I don't think there are any inspiring stories of just people just getting a lot and hoarding a lot. But I am inspired when somebody sacrifices. In fact, let me read you a, a, a story uh, from an email I got from a, a guy and his wife. Who we've been in community group, we're in community group now. And here, here's their picture. Um, their names are, you'll see, it's Ron and Candy Pierce. All right? In fact, they're sitting right back there, just to give you a heads up. So uh, let me tell you about Ron and Candy Pierce. And this is the email that they wrote me because uh, it really does exemplify sacrifice. Back in 2007-2008, we had managed to loosely follow Dave Ramsey's financial peace teachings, and we became debt-free, except other than the house. 
slowly were able to save up six months worth of living expenses and put them into savings and had roughly $1,000 in our checking account. And then came Black Friday. It happened on February 2008, the day that Ron got laid off. Candy was seven months pregnant with their first child, Sarah. The economy had fallen into the tank, and they were ignorant of the possibility that Ron could be laid off. Ron arrived at work uh, Friday to hear a buzz in the, around the office workers about mass layoffs. And everyone was worried. And then Ron says, my supervisor asked to see me in his office. I was told I was being laid off. Never before had I experienced such a shock. What do I do? My wife is seven months pregnant. And this is kind of funny. I didn't know this until the email. Uh, evidently, Candy had dropped Ron off to work. Um, so they, he had no job, no car. Uh, he's basically been let go, and, and he's there, and he's stuck. So they give him a cardboard box to put all of his office belongings in, and somebody drops him off at Candy's school where Candy is teaching. And they write, they write this, We were scheduled to travel to Indiana that evening to attend my mom and dad's 50th wedding anniversary and celebration over the weekend. We went ahead and went to the party, but both of us were still in shock and did not feel like celebrating. What are we going to do? Well, God took care of us. God made it possible for us to not only survive for a whole year without dipping into our reserve. Our daughter Sarah was born, and we paid $13 for her birth. Get this, and, and they, I know this, Ron was unemployed for over a year. He's doing kind of odds and ends jobs, but he doesn't have like a regular steady income. And of course, I mean, they're asking these questions, what are we going to do? I was able to be home, Ron says, for the last few months of Candy's pregnancy and the first eight months of little Sarah's life. Sarah was born with a cleft palate, which caused lots of feeding issues. So my extra set of hands was a tremendous help during those difficult months. God knew what we needed, and for me to be at home and help my wife and daughter. Candy says this, I look back, and Ron being at home, I, I, I don't think I've ever done it without him. God had done it. We not only survived, but we thrived. His timing was and continues uh, not to be easy, but it's perfect. We look back on that time and we remember what God is capable of, that God promised that he will never leave us nor forsake us. And during that time, and again, we've talked about this, you know, they were continue faithful in giving the very little that they had. You see, when I read a story like that, does that not inspire you? It does me. It makes me look at my life and say, what's my excuse, Right? they were able to not only do that but but continue to be faithful man right now i think collectively us as a church and we have a moment like that that we have an opportunity to sacrifice and not just to sacrifice for us but to sacrifice for our children and our children's children to sacrifice for those people who aren't yet in the room to sacrifice for that soldier and that next soldier's family who's going to move to fort campbell and feel like they've got no place to go, no support group. And maybe they've never been to church before. Maybe they got bumped out of church because of a bad experience. And they can show up, and they can show up at a place like this and hear that God loves them. That you and I, we have that moment right now to sacrifice. I mean, 
I, I love that. Because so many times people walk through these doors and they ask questions like, God, are, are you really there? And if, you, if there really is a God, does he actually know my name? Does he really care about who I am? Uh, is he personal? Can he even accept me? Am I even able to believe in him and approach him? Because here's the thing. You guys have friends like that. You guys have family like that. And though there are a lot of great churches in this wonderful town, when we started one church seven years ago, we realized that we didn't need to start a church for people who went to church. Because 88% of people don't go to church anywhere. We need to create an environment where somebody can come in and slowly let their guard down and realize that they can trust God and trust the church again. And they can be able to hear God's word in a clear and in a compelling way that they could actually understand it. So that's the reason why we started this church. And that's the reason why so many of you sacrifice and serve and give. And that's the reason why we're doing bold. Now, quick overview. What is bold? Bold is just, we want to do two moves with bold. Our goal is $750,000 that we're wanting to be able to raise over and above tithes and offerings over the next two years. And what is this money going to? Well, this $750,000 is going to two things. Number one, we're wanting to create a permanent facility, a permanent space on the land that God has given us right next to Sonic at Exit 1. You see, for us, it's never been about buildings and bricks and mortars and paint and all that stuff. That stuff's great, but you know what? Eventually, that stuff is going to burn. We want to connect people with God. And how this is going to help us do that is we want to create some new ministries. We want to start some different service times. But to be honest with you, we just can't do that in, our, in the facility that we're renting right now. So we want to be able to be able to secure a permanent location. And, and by doing that, we're creating a bigger space for our youth ministry to be able to come on Wednesday nights because we have average 150 kids every Wednesday night crammed into a 2,000 square foot room. It's horrific, right? We want to do some things for our singles and start a new ministry and a new service for them on Tuesday nights. We want to be able to serve our community. Our second bold move is simply this, is we want to start more churches that unchurched people love to attend. You see, for us, it's not about creating the Six Flags Over Jesus monument. We don't care about the buildings. But being able to get that building gives us some more bandwidth so that we can start another church, so that we can again start another church. Because I think it's going to take different types of churches to reach different types of people. So everything that we do today, everything that you give today, everything that you're committing today is going towards those two moves. It's going towards both. Now, as I say that, I know some of you are here and you're like, man, I just have a lot of fear. I, I was a part of a church and we did a building program and we did this and, and there's so much tension in the room. And if you're struggling with this about, I don't know how much I can give and this, you know what? If you're struggling with that, I am too. And you're in good company. But I just want you to lean into that. Because if you do, here's what I know. That God is going to write a bigger story, a more inspiring story with your life. He will. He totally will do that. And every time I look at the Bible, God always calls people out of their comfort zones, never to a comfort zone. So lean into that tension. Lean into that tension. And I know it's going to take all of us to do that. And I know some of you are here and you're like, Chris, you can stop preaching right now. I'm excited to give. Will you please be quiet so I can do that? Now, some of you, that's you. And some of you are like, oh, God, they're talking about money, right? 
and it just plays into your stereotypes of church and pastors. I get that. But know this. I know that when Christianity is at its best, when the church is at its best, it's all about sacrifice, an inspiring story of sacrifice. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3. And most people, we start with Romans 3.23. Some of you, you can say that right off the top of your head. I'm going to actually start at Romans 3.24. And let's look at the sacrifice that God made on our behalf. This is what God's Word says. Yet God, with undeserved kindness. Stop right there. When is the last time somebody greeted you with undeserved kindness? Think about that. I can't, some of us, we're like, I, I can't talk to God. I can't go to God. I, you know, I can't have a conversation with God. He's not going to be very kind. He's not going to accept me. He's not going to approve of what I've done. And, and, I, and I know the life that I'm living. I know what I should do and what I don't do. And there's a gap. <laughs> That's the kindness that God extends. Undeserved grace. That's when the church is at its best. It reflects the kindness of God. It's undeserved. Keep on going. Yet God, with undeserved kindness, declares what? That we are what? Righteous. But we are righteous. I've heard this so many times through you guys' stories and email over the past seven years. That you didn't go to church for years because you thought the walls would cave in. You didn't go to church for years because you're, you know that if your mom heard that you were going to church, she was going to have a heart attack and die. I mean, you just knew that. Why? Because you were thinking, I don't measure up. Let me tell you, Jesus says because of his sacrifice that we do measure up, that he declares us righteous. Yet God, with undeserved kindness, declares that we are righteous. How did he declare us righteous? Look what it says. He did this through Jesus Christ, who freed, when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. My sin has consequences. Your sin has consequences, eternal consequences. And it was Jesus freed us from that. So how did he do it? Next verse. For when God presented Jesus as what, here's the word, what does it say? Sacrifice for sin. God says, Chris, you can't bridge the gap between what God wants you to be and who you really are. Adam, you can't bridge the gap. Scotty, you can't bridge the gap. Bobby, you can't bridge the gap for what God is calling you to be to what you really are. But let me tell you, here's the truth and the good news is that Jesus came and died a sacrificial death to bridge that gap so that he can declare you righteous. I love that. This is the essence of Christianity. Next verse. People are made right with God when they how? When they do what? Believe that Jesus sacrificed his life shedding his blood. It cost God greatly. But the benefit to humanity is tremendous because God, our God is a God who gives. Our God is a God who sacrifices. Next verse. This sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned 
in past times. And if you ever get frustrated with people, if you ever get, if you ever read the headlines and just get angry, if you ever look at something that was evil that just happened in your neighborhood or something that happened to a child, and you get so eat up and you're like, God, why did you? If you ever get eaten up with that, God, why don't you deal with that? Well, why don't you strike that person dead? Why don't you do that? I mean, if, 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 let me tell you, it's because of this. Because God is holding back for a season. Because today might be their day that they come and enter in a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. In fact, for some of you, today might be your day where you enter into a relationship with God through by believing in Jesus Christ. And that's the reason why he's holding back. That's the reason why he's saying, I want to, but I'm going to wait. Because I want something for them. I'm not just here to zap them. Because he had held back, you and I had that opportunity to come to know God. But what if he hadn't held back? It may have been too late. So when you get frustrated with the world, when you get angry at and yell at the TV, at the 6 o'clock news, just remember, God is holding back, hoping, hoping that you will accept his offer of forgiveness. Why? Verse 26. For he was looking ahead and including them. Including who? You and me. And what he would do in this present time, God did not demonstrate, God did this to demonstrate his righteousness, for he himself is fair and just and does declare sinners to be right in his sight when they what? Believe in him. You see, I know a lot of people think God's not fair. Time out. I I don't know what could be more fair. Because salvation doesn't depend upon me. It doesn't depend upon you. It depends upon what Jesus did on the cross, that sacrifice he made 2,000 years ago. Verse 26. And he declares the sinners to be right in his sight when they believe in him. If you want to be right in God's sight, here it is. Believe in Jesus. It's that simple. And I look at that and I go, wow. That's a sacrifice God did on the cross 2,000 years ago. And because he sacrificed, it was a game changer. Because God sacrificed, you and I can have a relationship with God. And do you know what the early church did when they looked at Jesus' sacrifice? They were so turned upside down at Jesus' sacrifice that they chose to live a different way. That because they served a God who sacrificed, they were willing to sacrifice. Because they served a God who chose to be bold, they chose to be bold. Because they served a God who gave his all, the early church gave and sacrificed their all. You see, I love that. And 2,000 years ago, I mean, this happened, but we're still talking about it because the, the believers, the, the new church, turned the Roman world upside down. Why? Because of their sacrifice and the way that they loved. I love that. I love that. So I want you to jump ahead to the book of Acts. And we're going to see, because of what Jesus, how he sacrificed in Romans, what the early church sacrificed in Acts. This is what it says. I love this. In fact, Acts 4.29. How many of y'all have the Acts 4.29 bracelets? Okay, all of us, okay? And, and we've been, I've been asking you guys to pray. Pray every day at 4.29 in the afternoon. 
we've been going through a 40-day prayer journey where we've been processing what it looks like to, to pray more boldly than ever before, invite people to church more boldly than ever before, to give more boldly than ever before, and to launch more churches boldly than ever before. And we're going to see where Acts 4.29, where it comes from. So I, I love this. It's so cool. It's all about God's sacrifice. 4.29. And now, O oh Lord, hear their threats and give us your servants great what? Bam! There it is. Boldness. Drop the mic. I'm done. Okay? Give us great boldness in preaching your word. And that's what we've been praying. God, we believe that God honors bold prayers. I love that. I love that. That bold prayers honor God. I love that. Verse 30, stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Back in that day, there was all kinds of miracles. There were healings and all this stuff. You ever wondered how come God doesn't do that stuff anymore? I mean, some of you are like, you know, the, the early church experienced so much amazing things. That, I mean, people got healed and people would pray and, and mountains would move. Why is that? Let me tell you, the reason why I don't think you and I experience these amazing things today is because we're not willing to do what the next verse does. We're not willing to follow it up with what the next verse says because the next verse talks about the believers in the early church radical generosity. This is what it says, and this is one of the most popular things you can read in Scripture. It says, after this prayer, the meeting place shook. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God with us. And then they preached the word of God with great what? Easier. Boldness, right? And here comes the famous part. This is the part where many of us were familiar with in our Bible. All of the believers were united in heart and mind. And they felt that what they owned was theirs. And you better keep your grimy paws off of it. Is that what it says? Sorry, is that what it says, church? No. They felt that what they owned was not their own, so they did what? They shared everything that they had. If they thought, you know what, if God gave this to us, if God gave us his son, and if God is radically generous as we believe he is, then we're just going to live a different life. We're going to give to people who are in need. We're going to give to people that we don't know because we have a heavenly father who loves them. We're going to give to the people who do not have because that's the thing that Jesus did for us. That's the thing that our heavenly father did for us by giving us Jesus Christ, by that bold generosity. And that's who we're just going to be. And the thing I love about this is you guys, you guys are generous people. You guys are. Y'all have heard me share this, but over the past seven years when we launched, over 7,000 people have been through the doors of our church. We've seen over 900 people get saved. We've seen over 400 people follow God in baptism. We're going we're gonna to end our commitment time today um, by just watching all of these videos of everybody just getting dumped one after the other. I watched that yesterday and I'm bawling. Because you guys have given because of what Jesus Christ has given for us. You guys have been so bold. You have. And so many, you're here, and I know it's Commitment Sunday. It's like, ah, I get that. I'm glad we serve a God who's committed to us. 
you know, Christianity when it's at its best, when we see what it really is, not the stereotypes that we read about or we see on TV, but when it just reflects the heart of God. It's about people who sacrifice and give to people who do not know Jesus Christ. It's about living a different story. It's about sacrificing for those who aren't yet in the room for the sake of those with less. Last verses of Acts that we're going to be done. The apostles testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's great blessing was upon them all. Finally, because their lives were cooperating with his life, look at verse 34. I love this. Because they were willing to sacrifice, it says this, there were no needy people among them, because those who owned land or houses would sell them. What's that? That's sacrifice. And bring the money to the apostles to give to those in need. You know, those are the stories that inspire you. Those are the stories that inspire me. When we hear of Ron and Candy's story, it inspires us. And so many of us, I can point you guys out. I just, when I hear of Michelle's story and battling cancer, that inspires me. When I, when I hear about Paul Blaylock and his battle with cancer, it inspires me. When I, when I see Paul and Janie's granddaughter who's battling for her life over the past year, passed away this morning. When I see Paul and Janie's daughter holding that baby. And there's so many questions swirling around in their mind. God, where are you? This isn't the way it's supposed to be. And yet they still hold on to faith. That inspires me. When I look at a Lutheran Rhonda Ramsey, who two, three years ago, God felt like he was nudging them to adopt. So they adopt two beautiful girls from Ethiopia. And then they feel like, okay, I think God's maybe calling us to Ethiopia. And then just recently, those who follow him on social media, um, they're still processing going to Ethiopia, but God has allowed them to adopt two more children. Why? Because they want to continue to provide for those who have less. When I look at the Palmers who have who love on foster child after foster child after foster child. When I look at the streeters and I look at so many other people who adopt and so many other people who just sacrifice. Say, you know what? God's not calling us to that, but we're willing to give. We're willing to help out. We're willing to give to those in need. You guys are already doing this. You are. You are already doing this. And here's what I know. I know our church is not perfect. This is your first time. If you're expecting to find a perfect church, you better leave now. Because we're all jacked up. But here's what I do know. I do know that we have created a space and a place for people who don't know Jesus Christ to be able to come and hear and understand that God loves them. Because Jesus died on the cross for them. And I look at my life and I, I, that's the story of sacrifice. I know my parents wrote for me. I know that's the, the people in this church, the, the church that I grew at. And there are, there are still older ladies still praying for me because I, I, they were, I was in their Sunday school class in second grade. And they're still going to counseling for it. They're still praying for me. Right? I praise God for them. You know, why does that inspire me? Because they decided that this life just wasn't their own they were going to sacrifice to the needs of others. And we have the opportunity to do this 
today. We have an opportunity to do this, to write a bolder story. And I know Kim and I, we have been wrestling through this for weeks now. This morning when I woke up, 5.15, I woke up, and before I ever put my foot on the ground, we just clasped hands and we just prayed. Because we're wanting, we're not asking you to do something that we're not willing to do ourselves. We've carved out, we've done some different stuff in our finances so that we can give over and above our tithes and offerings. So we started having a conversation, and I emailed about this a couple of days ago, and, and we prayed, and, and then yesterday when we're watching all of these, these people just getting dumped with baptism, we just cried. I mean, I literally, I cried like a girl. I mean, like one of those nasty cries where the chin's quivering and I got snot, right? Because this is the reason why we do this. All, uh, our kids, are, those are the reason why we do this. It's the reason why some of you, you serve in children's ministry. It's not easy. And it's definitely not, it's definitely not babysitting. We want to see those children grow up and know Jesus Christ. Do you know that of all three of my boys, they've gotten baptized here at this church? Some of you, your children, you got, they got baptized here at one church. So I, I want you to know as we move into this time of commitment, I hope this isn't going to be weird. It's not my goal. I just want it to be inspiring because here's what I know. There are no inspiring stories of accumulation, of just hoarding, of this is mine. There are only inspiring stories of sacrifice. So let me kind of walk with you where we're going to be going over the next few minutes. Is I, I'm going to pray and then we're going to have the children come and they're going to sing stuff that they've been learning in bold. All of the entire church has been going through this. Our student ministry, our children, our small groups, they've been learning how to be bold like David when he killed Goliath and Miriam and Joseph. And today, what they're learning is I can now be bold. So uh, they're going to come and they're going to sing and we're going to have a great time. And then I'm going to get up and I'm just going to walk us through what this is going to look like. Um, because uh, we're going to we're going to sacrifice today. We're going to do this. We're doing two things. We're having a bold special offering, right? This is over and above our offerings. In fact, uh, on the back of your chairs or in the front, depends on if you're in the front, um, you should have three things. You should have a bold commitment card. You should have a bold envelope, and you should have a pen, right? So what we're asking you to do today is two things. We're asking you to be able to give. A one-time gift, a, 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 a first fruits gift is what we're calling it. And every time in the Bible, the word first fruits is used over 30 different times. And every time it's used, it's always meant to prioritize God. And it's always given to God. I love that. You know how many times the, the words last fruits are mentioned in the Bible? Zero. Yes, not in anywhere, right? And so many times I've done this where, okay, God, I'm going to give if I have stuff left over. And, of course, we never, ever give, do we? Today is a first fruits offering, and what we're doing, this is going straight to bold. And you're thinking, well, how are we doing this? Well, number one, we're wanting to kind of kickstart bold, and we're wanting to be able to start moving some dirt on that land. And this money that you give is going to help do that. And then the second thing I'm going to ask you to do, if you haven't already processed it yet as a family, I want you to talk about it and process what do we want to give over and above our regular offering over the next two years. 
What do we want to give? Because here's what I know. I feel all of us, we can do this together. We can do this together. And remember, it's stretched over two years. So if, if it's this amount, you take that one big amount, and it's times that, you know, divide that by two. And then you can divide that, and you can and do that. And just put that on that, on that bold commitment card. We're asking you to fill that out. We're not going to make it public. We're not going to make it public. But we need to get your information so that we can do this for tax purposes. So, again, I hope it's not going to be weird. And then what we're going to do, we're going to come down front, and we have these, these uh, uh, baskets, and they have communion in them. So I want you guys to come down as a family, uh, and you're going to see the, the stories of the baptism play, right? I want you to come down as a family. I want you to put your commitment card in the basket. And then I want you to take communion out, and I want you to take it together as a family. And the reason why we're doing it kind of this in this way is because you're sacrificing because of what Jesus sacrificed on the cross for you. That's the reason why we sacrifice. So put it in, take communion, take a seat, and then I'm going to come out. And I, I, afterwards, I just want, you to, just want you to sit through these stories. Some of you, th- th- these are your pictures, your videos. We're going to do that now. I'm going to pray. And then the, the children, they're going to come down. Uh, they're they're going to have a short video to get them on stage. And then they're going to sing and dance. I'm going to come back out. We're just going to give it to God. Y'all ready to do this? All right. God, you are an amazing God. God, we trust you. Lord, I thank you so much, Lord, for your sacrifice. A sacrifice, Lord, that you didn't have to give but you willingly did. And Lord, it was so much more, so much more than we could ever give. Lord, that we can't outgive you, God. Lord, that we give because you gave your son, Jesus, to us. So Lord, I pray as we see and we celebrate and we watch your kids sing and see all what they've been learning. And Lord, as they bring their bold commitment because these kids have been sacrificing and saving and stealing all of their parents' change. God, we just give it back to you. For you are a God who gives. Lord, it's because you gave we can give to you. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. about the impact you could make, the impact on people you pass by in the mall, the impact on your neighbors, the impact on your friends, the impact on your family. Dream about the tremendous impact you could make in our communities. Dream. What if we could have an impact that spanned beyond our generation? What if we could transform the face of our cities? What if we could touch the lives of thousands of people? What if we decided to pray, invite, give more boldly than ever before? Are you ready? Are you ready to boldly embrace the mission in front of us? Are you ready to truly be bolder than ever?
thought of people living in poverty, children sold into slavery. The thought disgusted me, so I shook my fist at heaven. I said, God, why don't you do something? He said, I did. Yeah. I created you. <laughs> Now listen.
They have been working for the last five weeks. Today makes five weeks. And they have learned how to boldly give, boldly pray, boldly, what else did we learn? To invite and to launch. But one of the things we wanted to do right now is they have learned how to boldly give. So over the last four weeks, well, five weeks counting today, these kids have raised $268.99. That's what they brought in for their first fruits offering. So let's give it up for the kids. All right, guys, let's give it up again for our children's ministry. I tell you, we have some of the best volunteers in our children's ministry. I was talking uh, to our leadership team, our elders, uh, this past uh, Wednesday, and we were talking about uh, giving and stuff like that. He's like, I don't want to leave. I'm on stage. (laughs) And uh, what's so cool about this is they said, you know what, everybody just keeps on, we got more people coming, more people coming. And I said, you know, I really attributed that to our children. Every one of our children got a free bowl t-shirt, and uh, these kids have been waking up mom and dad every Sunday morning saying, okay, I got to go get my check mark, all right? And like mom and dad going, they're talking about money again. I don't want to give. And the children are getting you guys out of bed and saying, I want to go. So we feel like that's the way it should be. So anyway, well, let me kind of tell you uh, what we're going to do right now is we're going to ask you guys um, to come up uh, once the video starts playing. And, uh, and again, we have about five or six minutes. If you need to discuss this, you need to make sure you're on board as a spouse because we believe what happens at home is more important than what happens at the church. So, um, but we want you guys to process uh, this and uh, get your a bold commitment card if you need one off of the back um, and you can fill that in. Again, we're asking you to do two things. We're asking you to give over and above your regular offerings uh, to your commitment and you're going to write that down and it can be, you can do it however you want to. And then afterwards, we have some stuff in the back. We got some iPads and stuff and we can help show you how to go on Secure Give and be able to do online giving. Uh, we feel like that's the easiest and the best way to give. It's how my wife and I give. It's how it's what's made us consistent uh, in tithing over the past seven years. And because up to that point, we really stunk at it. So uh, I don't mind walking through that and you create your own username and password and do all that jazz. So, um, so anyway, we're asking you to make a two-year bold commitment and then to bring your two-year gift and have it all in that one envelope. Uh, you should have an envelope on your chair, so it should contain those two things. And, and then once you, when you drop that in, I want you to take out communion. And there, if, you, if you're husband and wife or husband, wife and child, if they're not in the environments, you can take that communion right there and then go back to your seat. And then after this video plays, I'm going to come out, I'm going to thank you guys, and then we're going to continue to be bold. Next week, we're starting a new series on parenting, and um, it's going to be really, really good. I've already got next sermon Sunday in the bag. So anyway, really excited about it. It's going to be really, really fun. So I'm going to pray, and we're going to commit uh, you guys' gifts to Jesus Christ, and we're going to ask him to multiply those and to do something amazing with it. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, God. Uh, We thank you, God, that um, when we think of inspiring stories, God, that you're not a God who hoarded or just kept it all to himself, but you are a God who gave unconditionally, that sacrificed, Lord, just over and above, who literally gave his one and only son. 
And God, I thank you, God, for that. I thank you, God, for your sacrifice that you made. And because of the sacrifice that you made, Lord, I pray that we would be able to do that today. And Lord, that you would take the the little that all of us are going to bring, God, you would multiply that and you would do something amazing with it. Lord, and we're just, we're, we're trusting in you. We're putting our faith in you, Jesus Christ. And Lord, I pray, uh, Lord, as people come and do that and, and take communion and then sit back down, I pray that, Lord, as they watch all of these stories of life change, of sacrifice, of baptism, God, I pray, Lord, for the next 7,200 people that's going to come through our doors. I pray for the next soldier's family. I pray for the next teenager that's going to be coming on a Wednesday night. I pray for that next four-year-old who's going to show up in Wonderland. And Lord, I pray that they would realize just how much you sacrifice and that they would believe in you, Jesus Christ. Lord, we do this because we love you. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. I'm looking for a place to start And everything feels so different now Just grab a hold of my hand I will lead you through this wonderland Water up to my knees With sharks are swimming in the sea just follow my yellow light And ignore all those big warning signs
Wasn't that awesome? That was awesome. Every number has a name. Every name has a story. Every story is a person. And every person is going to live somewhere for eternity. Thank you. Thank you for giving. Thank you for serving. Thank you for sacrificing. I love doing church and doing life with you all. I'm honored to be your pastor. Let's pray. And then as we go out, um, we have a lot of things that's interactive out in the hallway. You can write down your bold prayers, and we're going to keep those up. We're going to uh, have those over the next year. We're going to put them out back. You can write your bold prayers. You can write people you want to boldly invite to church and people you want to see come to know Jesus Christ. Make sure you do that stuff um, because this is today is just a watershed moment for us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Let's pray.